Welcome back to The Mountains in the Sea, where we explore the highs and the lows of each and every Prince album, and then some every other week. I'm Josh. And I'm Chrissy. And we're so glad that you're back with us today, today. Today. We are talking about controversy. No, say it's not. That can't be right. (laughs) People are going to be upset. No, no. People will love it. (laughs) That's right. People do like a controversy. They do. A controversy. Uh (laughs) Prince's fourth full studio album released in the fall of 1981. That is right. It's the second oldest, second eldest Prince album that we have covered Mm -hmm. on this very show. That's right. Second only to Dirty Mind. That's right. Preceding this one. Yes, but not directly. No. In the past. I mean, the album preceded this one. The podcast on Dirty Mind was like 14, 15 years ago. Yes, that's how it feels. It does. (laughs) Not that we're tired of making the podcast. It just feels like it's been going for a while. There's a lot of stuff in the world that has happened between Dirty Mind and controversy on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, It was recorded at Prince's home studio on Kiowa Trail, Hollywood Sound, and Sunset Sound. They wrapped the recording sessions in August of 81. Yeah, so it was released pretty quickly after they finished it all up. Yeah, it was a couple months later. Yeah. Yeah. Like written and recorded basically during the Dirty Mind tour Mm -hmm. also. So. A lot of stuff getting crammed in here. Oh, and a little thing called the time that Prince would invent also. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It charted on Billboard charts in the U.S. uh, in a couple different categories for eight months. It was certified gold just over 90 days after it was released. Pretty amazing. Which is pretty amazing because he wasn't like a pop radio star. He wasn't a huge star yet. Really, he didn't get to be a huge star until 1999, which came after this. Correct. So that it went gold that early, pretty great. And then it got pushed platinum after Purple Rain. Yeah. People wanted to buy his back catalog. I was one of those people. Yeah. After I heard Purple Rain, I was like, what else has this guy done? Oh, he's got like five other albums and one of them is a double album. Yep. This was one that my cousin dubbed for me on cassette Uh and sent to me. Oh, cool. So I could listen to it. Oh, don't worry. We've purchased it. Oh, we, we own it multiple times over now. But uh-huh. yeah, my first listen was a dub of a cassette on a cassette. Yeah. So, and without the album artwork, so you can imagine like listening to this and going in kind of blind. Yeah. yeah it was. Wow. It was weird. Yeah. Very weird. <laughs> it was critically pretty well received. Yeah. The message is refreshingly relevant, said Stephen Holden in Rolling Stone. His politics get better when he sticks to his favorite subject, which is SES, <laughs> according to Robert Crisco the, from The Village Voice. That was a little bit of a backhanded compliment. It, it but yeah. was, but yes. Yeah. Uh, as, Prince, as an actor, Prince remains an incomparable <laughs> musician or whatever it was. I think it was director, but yes, the yeah. sentiment is the same. Right. Yeah. Uh, Prince's first attempt to get you to love him from his mind, not just his body. Keith Harris of Blender. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And a critics poll run by the Village Voice in 1981 voted it as the eighth best album of the year then. Sweet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I did not go back and see what was the competition like in 1981, but you know, there's good stuff coming out all the time. So right. to be in the top 10, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. It's the first time that Prince used his shorthand spelling on 
song titles, mm-hmm. uh, starting with the very last song on the album. That's right. I wasn't going to talk about that until we got to that song, no, but okay. yes. I'm just thinking of firsts yeah. for the album. Yeah, it's the first Prince speak that would eventually be text speak, basically. You're right. Jack you that's, off. That's right. Instead of Y-O-U, the Don't letter text U. that to anybody, though. I mean, <laughs> not just anybody. Maybe <laughs> there you go. <laughs> particular people, maybe, perhaps <laughs> you could do that. That's fine. <laughs> and maybe be aware of uh, what situation they're in before you text it to them. You wouldn't want them to be uh, presenting something and have it come up on their screen. Whoops. Yeah. Always <laughs> put on do not disturb when you're in those situations. That's right. Word to the wise. Shall we talk about the cover? The cover. The cover is super fun. Yeah. Prince looking at us very intensely mm-hmm. in way more clothes than he's ever worn on any cover. Oh, yeah. This is like grown up. Still has his rude boy sticker on uh-huh. from the Dirty Mind album. That's so it's a, a little sticker. bit. That's I mean, a, a button. A button. Yeah. Sorry. A button. A, a button. what? Four inch button. Yeah. Uh, three inch button. His uh, purple trench coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's basically got a tuxedo on yeah, underneath like it, which is very high yeah. neck. I mean, mm-hmm. it, for you, the image is kind of stylized. Yeah. The but dust you can at least see design. his neck. That's true. I mean, in this one, you can't even see his neck. We've seen a whole lot more of him previously. Oh, yeah. And now it's like he's. He wants to be a rude boy, but the controversy is Prince has clothes on. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's starting to look more like the prince in his prime kind of look about that's, him, I would say, also. That's super fair. A highly airbrushed photograph, yeah, also. That's also very fair. His makeup is fantastic, always. It's got these big eyes that he accentuates. Oh, yeah. He knows how to give you those pouty eyes. Like, mm-hmm. his face is tilted down, so there's a little bit of white uh-huh. underneath his eyeballs, his pupils. right. I- irises. Yeah. And his hair is starting to be a little more kept. Yes. A little more product. precise. Yeah. Maybe even less product, but m- more of particular product because prior to this, you know, dirty mind, he kind of looked dirty, but it was part of the, it almost looked like he had too much product in his hair. Yeah. But that was the look he was going for. Right. And here he's a little more quaffed yes very quaffed. he's had a a professional that's right help him uh, with some things album cover was shot by at that point longtime prince photographer alan we're gonna say Bewley. okay um i, I had to look up pronunciations uh-huh. i've read his name forever never tried to say it and um that doesn't really work for this medium <laughs> um, oh uh, we've tried we've said it before and we called him alan blue and that's Evidently incorrect. Well, I apologize, Alan. You got me. You can post a little pronunciation exercise sure. on our social media that I'll okay. share with you, Christy. Where might we find that? Oh, you can find us on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T M A T S podcast. Or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. If you don't do the social media and you want to link to something in particular, let me know and I'll be happy to. Try and send that over to you. So Alan has a photo book uh, mm-hmm. that he produced. Um, in Alan's book, he writes about the frantic 
one day window that he had to create this cover <laughs> from Prince's vision. Prince had the idea of himself with newspaper headlines. Uh-huh. Alan struggled to kind of envision it and was really not coming up with much. And it was he credited his brother with coming up with the idea to make their own newspaper, the controversy uh-huh. daily. Yeah, because all he could think of was the bottom of a birdcage. Right. And he's like, Parakeets I don't want <laughs> to put prints on the bottom of a birdcage. That's what you do with newspapers when you're done with them, or at uh-huh. least what you used to do with them when you were done with them. So yeah, it's a pretty cool story. He's got many cool stories yes. in his book. Yes, yes. Yeah. Let's see. And the back cover, what we have is the CD. Oh, well, not we, yes. a not, not a, a record not or yeah. a tape, right? So what we have is the the back has uh, some of the more headlines, more right. headlines, but also credits, track listing, mm-hmm. and some review information. Yeah, if we look in Alan's book, we can see what the original back cover looked like, and it was mo- it also had track listings, but a lot more of the headlines that weren't there was not enough room for to put behind prince yeah he was running out of room to get prince's head big enough to see and right. to get what he called something that was album covery yeah yes <laughs> this is cute uh very cool stylized typeface for prince's name mm-hmm. and the album cover right very almost like 1980s arcade yeah. Kind of type. And the little booklet that came with mm-hmm. the CD, we have uh, not only the track listing, but the times. And this all looks like it's a page, a full spread opened up from the controversy daily. Right. And it has some headlines, love thy neighbor, Annie Christian sentenced to die, exclamation point, and Greek text. I did look at it with a magnifying glass yeah, just to just ensure that it was Greek placeholder text. type. Yeah. yeah. Dummy type is yeah. what they called it. Yeah. Greek. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. And then some credits and then the only quote unquote article yeah. that has a title <laughs> and words you can actually read yeah. text you can read is the second coming. Yes. And because, and it's all about the virtues and care of compactus. That's right. Always so. wipe with a clean cloth from the inside <laughs> out. out. Never in a circle. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it says, right? Does it talk about due to the limitations of the source analog tape, the CD may reveal quality issues? There was always wording like that. No, it says compact disc digital audio system offers the best possible sound reproduction on a small convenient disc. Ooh. Its remarkable performance is the result of a unique combination of digital storage and laser optics. Laser optics! <laughs> and, of course, it's got, you know, a very boring CD. Yeah, very templated yeah. screen printing on the yeah. disc itself. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, let's see. Produced four singles total, but no B-side that was a non-album track, which is kind of interesting. Okay. Yeah, they Included, were all... They were either other tracks from Controversy or Dirty tracks Mind. from Dirty Mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of Controversy, shall we talk about the song? Controversy. Uh, the first single, six weeks before the album was released. Mm-hmm. So like about the time they were shooting that... Yeah, they hadn't even got the <laughs> album artwork done yet, <laughs> I would guess. And they, Let's get the single out. All right. 
Uh, that's a funny story to read, a Warner Brothers telling Prince, we need this now, you know, and then you think about where that where that went 10 years from there, where they're trying to kind of temper his release yeah. schedule. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. It went from right now to not yeah, yet. Yeah, we've saturated the market. <laughs> yeah, so Controversy, lead single, and uh, the unedited version, the album track, is the longest album track on a Prince album at the time. Oh, yeah. Go back and look at the previous three. Previous to that, the longest track was from For You, just as long as we're together, six minutes and 25 seconds. Here we've got a lead track that's seven minutes and 14 seconds, so pretty sprawling. Excellent. Uh, Recorded at the same time as the original Tick, Tick, Bang that we talked about just last episode. That's right. What a nice segue. Mm -hmm. Recorded at Kiowa Trail. Yeah. Prince credited with all vocals, all instruments, except for Lisa Coleman on backing vocals and Morris Day, possibly uncredited on drums, question mark, unknown. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. It's been covered at least seven times, sampled many, many more times. You were telling me of all the people who have decided to make cover versions of this, none of which I've heard. Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah, this isn't even the one that's like cover versions or by anybody really super recognizable. We'll get get to that later. So Prince marvels at uh, what people are curious about. (laughs) Since, you know, he's keeping his background and sexuality really ambiguous at this time. People kind of assumed he was mixed race, so he kind of let people think that. Mm -hmm. He had this ambiguous way about him. He would sing in this high voice. He would sometimes sing things that sounded like they might be directed at a male rather than a female. Yeah, this was kind of capitalizing on his uptown dream, right? Yeah. He did all this stuff on purpose and then made it the title track of his fourth album. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I have created all this confusion and people ask all these questions because that's what people who cover music and up and coming artists do. Uh-huh. And, you know, he takes the position of, I just can't believe it. Yeah. Yes. And he like even says so much I can't understand human curiosity and I was like wait is he is he not human (laughs) is this the question we're supposed to be asking is Prince an alien you know later on he would talk about animal striking curious poses Uh so here he's just specifying humans (laughs) it's being very specific I give him credit for that. Or maybe he needed to be specific later because he was specific here. Oh, that's here. true. It's not about the human striking curious poses. It's uh-huh. about the animals. <laughs> right. Right. I found the sound of the opening of Controversy when I first heard it, uh-huh. and I listened to it back to back. And In fact, you could buy a cassette with Dirty Mind on one side, Controversy on oh, the other, uh-huh. as like as a double album kind of thing. Controversy kind of, to me, sounds like a progression of Dirty Mind, not a totally new direction, even though Dirty Mind was a little more raw, a little more punk, a little more unpolished. Controversy kind of just puts the polish on the sound from Dirty Mind to me, and it acts like a couplet in my mind. Uh You've got Dirty Mind and Controversy that kind of live together. To me, 1999 and Purple Rain 
are kind of similar in sound. You have the same thing with like Diamonds and Pearls and the Love Symbol album and Musicology in 3121 where there are these like periods of mm-hmm. him exploring sounds that span across a couple albums that uh-huh. you can kind of track. And That's I kind of found fair. that to be the case here. Even like the opening of it, you know, you've got these drums and the synth sound that's repeating and it's Mm -hmm. very similar to the start of, of dirty mind. Obviously a different message here, more trying to be a little more of a mature message, even though there's plenty of immaturity and (laughs) (laughs) fair dumb manhood coming through. Prince says, uh, do I believe in God? Do I believe in me? And this is likely a reference or a response to John Lennon's song, God, where he states that he does not believe in God. What he believes in is himself and his relationship with his wife, Yoko Ono. Interesting. There's a lot of John Lennon references. There are. On this album. Yes. Two minutes and 48 seconds. There's just this instrumental of the chorus Mm -hmm. and Prince falsetto ad-libbing behind it. That's kind of fun to listen to, especially in headphones and just like take a minute, pay attention. And you hear him kind of just almost like humming along. No big deal with his own music, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the synths sing the chorus right. for us. Yeah. yeah. Again, early anti drug sentiment. Do you get high? Mm-hmm. Does your daddy cry? Right. Uh, yeah. Broken families mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So he was certainly exposed to that. His first three records, I would say probably mostly entirely falsetto. Mm-hmm. And here in controversy starts to break out of that a little bit, even if it's in spoken word form mm-hmm. by bringing in what, I don't know, the way it's delivered, I guess, is what makes it sound almost blasphemous. Although there's nothing, it is a word for word recital of the Lord's Prayer at three minutes and 37 seconds. But just the mm-hmm. fact that it's mixed in to funk pop music gives it this kind of alternative sound right and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into well and this i think really is pushing that god sex relationship that he would explore so much in his career this is kind of an earlier introduction to it where he's creating this controversy by including the Lord's prayer from the Sermon on the Mount by Jesus in Matthew chapter six. Nicely done. Thank you very much. Yeah, but there's nothing mocking about it, right? It's delivered seriously. Right. um, You know, with the type of respect you would expect. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then we get the refrain chant decrying the, distinctions and restrictions that we might expect. No clothing should be necessary. No distinctions of race. No need for rules. Right. And it wraps up with this primal scream. Mm-hmm. 
little before that, at 4 minutes and 17 seconds, I wanted to point out this rhythm guitar breakdown that was sort of like the first time on a Prince record that I heard something and thought, oh, that's going to, that's like his sound. He has found like a foundational element of music that he would make and perform live forever. heard some of it on previous records but it's so differently produced here that it just stands out to me like almost flag in the or no not flag in the sand line in the slant line in the sand uh yeah flag on plant, the moon plant your flag and plant the, your flag in the ground i don't know where you plant your flag planting something <laughs> That's right. I know there's some sort of saying that has to do with planting flags. Planting flags in and the funk. Drawing lines. Whatever. That's right. Yeah, there's a cool uh, Prince talking in the round mm-hmm. also delivery. Uh, you know, with people call me rude. I wish we all were nude. Wish there were no black and white. Wish there were no rules. Kind of fun, rhyming, mm-hmm. rep- repetitive. Kind of just brings this whole thing to a climax, so yes. to speak, mm-hmm. in the song. And uh, there's a at six minutes and sixteen seconds. There's a quick little guitar part before the final chorus, like Prince cocking his gun one last time, like a yeah. chikachu kind of thing. <laughs> That's what I wrote down, chikachu, chikachu. Yeah, before you get that last chorus with him asking, "Do I believe in God? Do I believe in me?" Uh huh. Well, I think just you know, there's a big beat ending here at seven minutes and thirteen seconds, like a downbeat ending so you know i love a song that doesn't fade out right yes. um, especially after that long mm-hmm. you know yeah. kind of comes to this fast ending it's repetitive but by design so it never really gets too old to me and it doesn't right. doesn't sound like more than seven minutes of music to me also that mm-hmm. keeps I don't know how you can say seven minutes. It's repetitive, but it does like move into these different areas to keep it interesting. And yeah, like the it's Lord's re- prayer. It's and the, repetitive in yeah. ways that are comforting almost, which is interesting to say about a song called controversy. Yeah. Like you, you know what to expect, but then there's things that happen that are different to keep it interesting, but doesn't pull away from those things that, keep you comfortable enough right. in the song to enjoy it and remain sitting in it, and but rem- different enough to, to have something new to enjoy. Yeah. And I think a great concept for an album too, because sure. he's not even saying, you know, he's saying, I can't understand human co- curiosity. Like this shouldn't matter is almost right. what he's saying. Not, well, not I'm creating controversies. It's like, yeah, why it does it matter? matter? I could be black, I could be white, I could be straight, I could be gay, I might like boys, I might like girls. Uh-huh. I might but, wear almost no clothes, or I, right. you might not be able to see my neck. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what does it matter? Yeah. What should matter is the music. Correct, and that would yeah. be the stance he would kind of take yeah. for his entire career, is sort of let the music speak for itself, except sure. for the times when he would come out and say... Other things like the internet is dead or I'm retiring, you know. Yeah, I'm never playing Purple Rain again. That's right. Chemtrails are absolutely a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he was human and he had curiosity. So that's why we stuck with him for so long. Seems like he should maybe be able to understand it a little better. Maybe he was just too young to understand it at this point. I think he just had all kinds of time to make music and read and talk to people and 
sometimes get sucked into things that um, might not have been so great. Sure. Sure, sure. Speaking of things that are great, though, how about sexuality? Yes. Four minutes and 20 seconds. Track two. And it was the album's fourth single, which yep. I didn't even realize. And that's because I'm not from Germany or Australia, that's which is right. where it was released. Exactly. So I felt pretty good about that. Exactly. I saw it claimed that they're the Awa that's uh-huh. near the beginning of this is sampled in my name and I listened and they do sound the same to me but I'm not sure I'm convinced that it's a sample and not just Prince being able to recreate the past recreate things at will yeah so maybe it's sampled my name is Prince maybe it's not I never read that or even thought that so to go back and listen yeah. Uh, Prince plays all instruments, sings all parts. Yes. 100% the man. Mm-hmm. Those awas are some of the very first of his. That was the other thing I thought kind of like is a, you know, a hallmark of this record is we get these yelps and screams and screeches that he would continue to come back to and perfect as sort of hallmarks of his own sound. Mm-hmm. It's another synth-driven rhythm guitar track with falsetto singing. Yep. Yeah, we get a fun God sex reference. The second coming. The second coming. Anything goes. Yeah. I just got a double entendre. I see. Yeah. I see where you're going there. Yeah. And the second coming was an unreleased kind of vocal track that they played during the controversy tour and is an unreleased film also that Prince made uh, around this era. So this is sort of a call out in a way to that second coming. Anything goes at 54 seconds. That's very fun. Speaking of other things that you hear for the first time here, a minute and 22 seconds, he's talking about a revolution. We got to organize. little hint there of what's to come with the band name that he would tour with for controversy in 1999 that's right whether it's a hint or a yeah it was just part of his thinking yeah yeah it was there uh but he all he will ever need is his body and sexuality as long as he's free sexuality is all i'll ever need sexuality i'm gonna let my body be free Yep, and I think also that's sort of sex equals God, and God equals sex a little bit. True. A minute and 53 seconds, there's a hint of a guitar solo there that you're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Get you all excited. It only didn't happen, to- though. Yeah. He talks about reproduction of a new breed, leader stand up, organize. Mm-hmm. There's a chant there. Um and New Breed was the name of the first Prince fan club. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I'll share a postcard image of it with you where you could learn more about Prince and his interests according to the postcard. Why would he want to do that? I thought he didn't understand the human curiosity. He's trying to understand it through, more through like direct mail. <laughs> direct mail. <laughs> 
So like on uh, Controversy, we had the chant of people call me rude. I wish we all were nude. This reproduction of a new breed leader stand up organized kind of has uh-huh. the same, yeah. you know, effect almost like a almost preparing it for concert time. Right. Yeah. You know, to me. Yeah. Uh, he mentions an AccuJack. Inventors of the AccuJack. He does. And I was like, well, what is that? So I saw it suggested a couple of different things. Yeah. It seems to be a male ejaculation aid. Yeah. Whether that's a human male or not is unclear. Uh, It was possibly used to aid in artificial insemination. Mm -hmm. That's where uh, I saw it in relation to horses. Okay. Um, But it was also... Maybe not a real device, but a widely spread urban legend, particularly Mm. among EMS personnel who would be the first people to arrive on maybe a car accident scene Uh and that it was a male ejaculation device that plugged into a cigarette lighter for stimulation while driving. And they suggested that a lot of car accidents happened oh, happen because, because of it. Because these people oh, were using that was, this I thought machine. You were saying that was the treatment that they arrived on scene <laughs> to administer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, well, that's great, and might explain <laughs> why ambulance trips balls. are very expensive. <laughs> this man is trapped in the burning vehicle. Give him one final orgasm. <laughs> And then in comes the AccuJack Horseman. Uh, it's a great little Prince speech here with the even kind of forward facing when you look at, um, you know, talking about tourists and uh-huh. they look at life through a pocket camera. What? No flash again? They look at life through a pocket camera. What? No flash again? Like my... Life could be ruined, and I miss the important stuff because I'm looking through this tiny little camera to document this trip that no one is ever going to care about. Uh huh. And here we are today. Yeah. I mean, you go to a place like Disney World and spend thousands of dollars, and you've got your nose in your phone the yeah. entire time yeah. by design. Right. Almost, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. No flash. You can't, the, once the picture's developed, you can't even see what you were trying to take a picture of. Yeah. You don't have enough light to understand your whole life. And I thought that 89 flowers was kind of They're fun. They're Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. very fun. Yeah. I'm like, that's a very specific number of flowers. It is a very specific number <laughs> of flowers, especially for a man who up to this point didn't wear much in terms of shirts. <laughs> Um, but had some wild clothing of his own too. So, I mean, I guess it takes one to know one. Yeah. Prince in a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. I never saw that. Never saw I that. I can't even, I can't even imagine. <laughs> um, there must not have been a ton of quality children's programming on for Prince when he was a kid. Cause he says, you know, don't let your children watch television till they know how to read or else all they'll know how to do is cuss, fight and bleed. Breed, I think, is what he says. Oh, breed, breed. Okay. Don't let your children watch television until they know how to read, or else all they'll know how to do is cuss, fight, and bleed. I mean, what were there three channels over the air? And I mean, like Minneapolis. I mean, probably, probably four because PBS. 
Maybe and, so. And that would have much. been where the children's programming could have been. But I'm true. like, they didn't do a lot of cussing on TV back then. But they did fight. There were a lot of fights and there was and a lot of kissing. And, yeah, that's true. And, you know, not a lot of Sesame Street. No, not a lot of learning. Television was not a learning tool then. No. True. Um, you know, in our last episode, we covered what I think is one of the worst Prince songs on record and Robin Powers, number one. <laughs> uh, he does a little math here, too, right? What's to be expected is three minus three, absolutely uh-huh. nothing. Yeah, after he slams U.S. history, which I'm like, made me yes. laugh out yeah. loud because, you know, we've determined that tourists are bad. Yeah. Alcohol has inherent complications. And yeah. then this slam at U.S. history. Yeah. Very early on. Detrimental. And I'm like, yeah, that's really fair because here we are talking about how we need to quit whitewashing American history. Yes. Yeah, to stand up and take ownership of our own history. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, there are moments on this album. He's certainly a young person still. He's been around the world mm-hmm. at this point, but he's not a wise adult, right? He's right. still a kid, basically. But there are a lot of very mature thoughts on this album mixed with a lot of immature thoughts. And uh-huh. I think that's why I like it so much is yeah. someone who has you know, made his name on being, yeah, controversial and being on stage almost naked uh-huh. and then showing up with, you know, the Lord's Prayer uh-huh. and questioning things like history and yeah. uh, existing systems was kind of, wow, okay. Yeah, it's a mature thought for a lot of immature stuff surrounding it. That's right. I also thought at the very ending, we kind of oh. get... More of like this foundational print song with the rhythm guitar and kick yes. drum with him saying sexuality is yes. all I'll ever need. Uh-huh. And the way he even speaks and pronounces it is kind of his persona. It's not this shy, you know, reserved person. His stage presence is starting to come out on record, which mm-hmm. I'm always up for that. Um, and there's also like some beatboxing ad limbing at the end too, as the song kind of starts back up and purposely fades out, and uh-huh. he's kind of going ooh, ah, ah, ooh, this kind of thing that happens as the song fades out into oblivion. Sexuality is all I ever need. Sexuality, I'm gonna let my body be free. Very fun. Love sexuality, and I didn't even mind it when he changed it to spirituality. Yeah. Later on in his mm-hmm. career, during his thirty-one twenty-one residency in Las Vegas, he performed this live, and it was like super powerful and rock and roll, and it even like ran into Johnny Be Good. Oh, but it fun. was spirituality is all I'll ever need. Oh. I'm gonna let my body be free. I don't know if it's body or if he changed the words, but that didn't even bother me. Still a great song. Cool. Fun. Then we have Do Me Baby, the third single released in July of 1982. This is interesting. It's credited to Prince on the album. Right. But it was first recorded in February of 1978 and completely recorded, re-recorded for uh, this album. But Andre Simone 
says he wrote the groove and the melody and Pepe Willie agrees with him, has confirmed this. Right. But that pr- the lyrics are Prince. Right. I believe them. Sure. I do. But sure. I think I think that by the time Prince's career was done, he had taken credit for and given credit to things that were wrongly attributed enough that it's almost a wash. Right. That's fair. So, okay. Yeah. And Prince Vault claims that there are striking similarities musically to Aretha Franklin's Angel in the chord progression and the melody of the guitar solo Mm -hmm. in frantic moment by Eddie Hazel. And I listened to these and and I, I think they're similar in genre and similar in time period, but I didn't think that they had a striking similarity or a plagiaristic sort of, I was struck that it would be labeled as striking. Yeah, me too. I mean, you could say inspired by or... A similarity. Yeah, it was a style that Prince had heard and kind of made his own or wanted to work it into. Well, and they suggested that that's why Andre Simone didn't go after Prince for more credit. Yep, that's right. I think it was more about, I don't want to burn this bridge. Yeah, and he was probably smart, smart to do that. So then that original version was mixed, apparently, in 1979 and considered for Prince's second album. Okay. Prince. Right. His self-titled album. And that version was actually released in 2021 as a standalone track uh, that we, and it was to commemorate the 40th anniversary of this album. So we'll actually be covering that in a subsequent episode. Super. Also. Um, so yeah, the version we have here is Prince on all instruments and vocals. And if uh-huh. you thought that controversy was long, uh, track three, here we are at seven minutes and 43 seconds. So we're definitely uh-huh. getting into Prince feeling like he can commit himself and fully explore an album and not be worried about these have got to be three to four minute tracks. Right. Yes. Well, especially even with things he was going to release as a single, he had recognized there was going to be an edit of this and he was going to put the whole thing on the album. Yep. Yeah. And so he did. Yes. And oh, by the way, Rush Hour 3 starring Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan Uh starts with Chris Tucker directing Traffic with headphones in and singing this song. Go oh, really? It's delightful. Oh, did not know that. It's, did I mean? I it was really funny. I think I saw the first Rush Hour. I don't know. I think I saw the first one and enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. And had no interest in more Rush Hours, so I never saw that. Uh, yeah, but I'll be glad to watch Chris Tucker. It's delightful. He's sure. so funny. <laughs> He'll so, always be Roddy Rod to me. <laughs> Corbin, my man. <laughs> Coben, Coben Dallas. Another film that Prince was rumored to have been offered a part in. Perhaps even that part. Yes, that the uh, people who wrote The Fifth Element said they wrote that particular part with Prince in mind. Yep, he should have done it. He should have. It would have been great. I love that movie. It's so fun. Yeah. Oh, boy. We get drums, a bass lick, and piano. This is like really Prince's first seduction jam, right? That mm-hmm. he would revisit for like the beautiful ones and even like the templated kind of when two are in love and scandalous. 
that type of thing. That it all comes back to this source material mm-hmm. to me right here. Yeah. Yes, it's a long, slow, sensual jam. Yes, it and is. every long, slow, sensual jam that he would do after this kind of pulls from this a little bit. For sure. I mean, For there's good only reason. so only so many ways to do this kind of slow, sexy song. I thought you were going to say there's only so many ways to do me, baby. <laughs> No, sorry. I was still trying to form that thought. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. We get early choruses of princely falsettos at 29 seconds with You Want Me Just As Much As I Want You. You want me just as much as I want you. His, he has become a very good singer at this point. It's not just this falsetto-y delivery. There's intonation and... Uh, like I said, multiple layers of vocals going on here that are mm-hmm. pretty dreamy to listen to, especially mm-hmm. at a minute and seven seconds when he delivers Dreaming Of, and it is like this super high, bordering on a scream hit. Baby, you know that's all I've been dreaming of. Uh-huh. good yeah good stuff very fun and i love the way a little before that he says play with my love Uh uh-huh play with my love and it's such a fun double entendre and it's so sweetly and almost Uh innocently delivered yeah it's like a child song but it's not at all yeah but it's so dirty yeah it's so much fun and the chorus if you listen to the music that's being played in the chorus I think you'll find it to be some of the most, in a good way, production-heavy music from Prince that you've heard on an album yet with strings, pads, pianos, drums, and bass, like all this stuff that he's starting to work into this fully fleshed-out sound. Yeah, he says he prefers to have a partner do me baby don't want to do it all alone I'm like mm, he's not interested in the AccuJack that the tourists invented Yeah, maybe he's never been in a car accident had to call <laughs> in the ambulance <laughs> Um, sometimes Prince's seductions are best with no words at all too, just ad-libbing singing sounds, which you get from a minute and 41 seconds to a minute and 50 seconds. So this even has his non-verbal seduction tactics of sure. you know the breathing the sighing all that kind of stuff is going on though there are a lot of moans and long mm-hmm. bit sexual sorts of sounds later on like at four minutes and 50 seconds during this outro yeah. i can see why that would have been cut for a radio version not only for length but it's a little Overt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do like how he ha- puts this commentary. I'm not going to stop until the war is over. Uh huh. I'm not 
gonna stop until the war is over. In other words, we're always at war, so true. it's never gonna That's stop. True. And wars tend to be long. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to be a longtime lover, That's at right. least for the night. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe committed. You know, he always sings about this commitment that never really right. materialized in his real life. Right. I also thought there are moments that sound like a preview of Purple Rain at three minutes and 54 seconds. Then four minutes and 19 seconds. He screams yeah a couple times there that... Um, he's really kind of refining these vocal hits that he would come back to over and over again. Yep. Very fun. And we get this eerie kind of coda with synths at the end. Yeah. I thought that was almost a preview of 1999. This weird synthy. Yeah. Kind of breakdown. Um, and with the exception of like some rhythm guitar and a hint of a little lead guitar, a guitar solo and sexuality, this is not really a guitar album so mm-hmm. far either. It's still, again, rhythm guitar and bass and drums and piano. You right. Know? Um, there's even a gong at the end at seven minutes and 34 seconds that reminded me of what we would hear on It from Sign of the Times. That's super fair. So we've been seduced. Uh-huh. We've, he's done me, baby. <laughs> and then the fun is back uh-huh. on track four. Private joy. Private joy. Four minutes and 37 seconds. The B-side to do me, baby. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you ever wondered about Prince's private thoughts about his own private parts, <laughs> this is the track ask. to kind of come to. If you thought that this was about a partner or about himself. Oh, I think it's totally designed to sound like he's singing to a companion. Until the but end. But he's singing to his own Yes. His manhood. own business. That's yes. right. Oh, yes. totally. It totally. was the final song recorded for the album and the first recorded at Sunset Sound because there had been an equipment failure at Hollywood Sound Recorders. No, oh, I didn't know that. And that's how he ended up at Sunset Sound, where he would record routinely in mm. the 80s and then return to in the That is cool. I did not 2000s. know that. I bet that pissed him off at first. I bet he was really pissed, and then he got over to Sunset Sound and was like, not this going place back. is rocking. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, it's believed to share music from an unreleased track called Dear Uncle George. Mm-hmm. Which I don't, have, I don't know. I've not heard it. Have no. you? No. Nope. Nope. Not circulating in my mind. Um, but this is like a totally different sound from anything on a Prince record and before, the right? first time he's used the Lynn LM1 drum machine right. in a recorded track. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, my little secret, my private joy, I could never let another play with my toy. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, uh, on a quick glance, it's yeah, like he's like, protecting well, his female companion. Uh-huh. Um, which I was like, oh, no. that's a little squicky to talk about his so possessively of his companion. No. No, it's not. The guitar solo in this would be mm-hmm. heard again on Orgasm from yeah. 1984's Come. Yeah. And then here we go. We have Latoya Jackson covered this song on her 19... 19- 84 album Heart Don't Lie and it was not a single because her dad thought it was too racy. Aww. Uh, Chaney. Dick? N- no. Oh. It's at C-H-E-Y-N-E. Okay. Chaney. Okay. Uh, recorded it for the Weird Science soundtrack in 1985. Did not know that. And a man named Evan Rogers who did most of his work as a songwriter, I believe, but had an album, covered it in 1985. Were any of them good? Uh, <laughs> I, they, they were fine. Very true to this. Okay. I would say I preferred the women's take on it. Okay. Over Evan Rogers, but Evan Rogers has a very mid-80s dude sound. Okay. Fair enough. So, which isn't my favorite. So, it might have been wonderful, but it's just not the kind that I was going to say it's tainted, but that seems a little too close to private joy (laughs) to use as a comparison. Uh, I totally forgot until I started looking at lyrics to this that Prince uses the word orgasmatron. And a minute and 16 seconds. That's right. Come on. It's the excessive machine from the risque 1968 movie Barbarella. Yeah. Where Tommy Barbarella would get his name from. Oh, and Prince would talk about the tone box Uh uh, on the symbol album that was like in the movie Barbarella. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. So he had been watching that a while. Yeah. yeah. Go Jane Fonda. That's right. She broke the orgasmatron. You're right. I have a note here to point out the delivery of You Are My Prophet Joy at 2 minutes and 14 seconds. Just fun delivery. This whole song like is it's so much all fun. about the fun delivery, yes. the drums. Um, it's bouncy without being silly. Mm-hmm. It's this, I mean, you're like, okay, it's a song about Prince singing to his own privates, but it's also like not cringy. Uh-huh. It's fun. Yes. <laughs> it's fun for boys and girls to sing along with. <laughs> That's right. Oh, the big thanks to the 500 print songs blog. Okay. That has a really delightful commentary on this because okay. he, in the outro, he strangles Valentino, uh-huh. you know. He's literally bested by a rival, or he bests a rival, Valentino, perhaps the same Valentino that would appear in a dream in Manic Monday. Yes, I wrote down, that's uh-huh. not the first time we hear Valentino. Right, um, or Valentino's the nickname for his 
Fitz. Yeah, he strangled Valentino. Uh huh. And could... I thought it was really funny because then he yells, "Get up!" Right. <laughs> Come on, everybody, get up! Uh-huh. Yeah. The whole get up breakdown of drums and since there and bass is just beautiful. Uh-huh. Three minutes and five seconds. So yeah, there's a lot of fun happening there. Um, and I also was like, let me revisit who Valentino was. Rudolph Valentino, mm-hmm. a sex symbol of the 1920s. Um, he was known in Hollywood as the Latin lover, but he had an early death at age 31 and it caused mass hysteria among his friends and kind of got his place in early cinematic history as a film icon that way. Yep. Um, kind of close to home, he died of gastric ulcers and appendicitis. Oh, jeez. Which I'm sure was delightful in 1926. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. You know um, what kind of pain that is. Not, so not fun. No. Um, I also have to point out the base waterfall that I call it at three minutes and twenty nine seconds. Just this kind of scale on the bass mm-hmm. that gets played. Then we do get the first guitar solo on the album that distorts into oblivion at about three minutes and forty four seconds, which you mentioned is reused on the final track of Come in Mm -hmm. 1994. Um, So it sort of runs into Ronnie Talk to Russia. Mm -hmm. I I think I'll kind of categorize it as the first, you know, there are songs from Dirty Mind that kind of run into one another, but they're also edited to where you can tell they weren't played Right. Contiguously. Right. Where this one almost feels like it could have been with the Uh distorted guitar solo and then this drum solo screaming guitars. Well, it's almost like he played those bits separate and then spanned them across the two tracks. Yeah, to connect them together. Yeah. Because they are very seamless. Yeah. When you're listening to the album continuously. Yep. Yeah, it runs into one another. It's very it has a very like gunfire warlike kind uh-huh. of wartime sound to it. The on B- a relatively short track, right? A minute and fifty one seconds. Yeah. B side to Let's Work. Yeah. Um, another recording at Kiowa Trail and Hollywood Sound Recorders, which is now defunct, by the way. Oh. Too bad. Yeah. I have not heard the edit or the B-side version of Ronnie Talk to Russia. I wonder how it's tracked. Like, oh. where does it start? How does that happen? I'll have to go searching. Okay. And it just crossed my mind. I don't know. Ronnie is, of course, the 40th president of the United States, Ronald Reagan. Another actor. Uh-huh. Like oh, yep. Rudolph Valentino. Uh-huh. Maybe not known for the same things. <laughs> no. Exactly. So yeah, I think this is, it's made fun, right, by the sense, the dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-d
you know, quirky sound, but then, you know, this awesome vocal delivery. Uh-huh. Like, like, this dude's a complete rock star. Uh-huh. So I hadn't really thought about it like that before. Um, oh, it would. I could see this fitting right in in a yeah. stage production somewhere. Sure. Have some fun with language again in very Prince fashion. You go to the zoo, but you can't feed gorillas. Uh-huh. Not the monkey types, but the soldier types. That's right. Yeah. Not a not a great ape. Yeah. The violent kind. Yeah, he uh, he must have taken those uh, elementary school nuclear drills pretty yeah. pretty to heart, and they were still going on. He says, you know, Ronnie talked to Russia before it's too late, before they blow up the world. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing those drills like into the mid eighties when sure. I was in elementary school. So, you know, they ran, they were, they petered out towards the middle or end of the eighties. I think I was lower elementary school. The last time I remember doing one. Okay. Prince probably would have done them regularly. Oh yeah. We get another guitar solo, a minute and eight seconds with mm-hmm. lots of fun chaos going on behind it too. Smoking. It is smoking. know that prince ever met ronald reagan but uh, uh i think i read that he did not okay well um michael then, jackson met ronald reagan but prince did not did not well he does kind of line it up if you're uh-huh. dead before i get to meet you don't say i didn't warn you yep and it ends on a very on the nose explosion sound yeah Almost like yeah. having a woman with a raspberry beret in the uh-huh. raspberry beret videos. Yeah. yeah. So there are parts of this that are like a little, a little trite cheesy. and cheesy. Yeah. But that's why it kind of feels like a a musical yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And Prince never performed this live that we know of. Okay. Well, I also thought, you know, saying something like, Ronnie, if you're dead before I get to meet you, don't say I didn't warn you with <laughs> gunfire, uh-huh. you know, could be treasonous or seen as a threat. <laughs> Well, and Ronald Reagan had already had a... Assassination attempt. Right. Right. Exactly. Oh, and uh, Sweet Anna Fantastic also had a song called Ronnie Talk to Russia. Okay. Or Russia is how she pronounces it, um, under the name Cherie in 1988. And while Prince and Anna knew one another at this time, the her song is unrelated except for that one line and the title of the song. Um, It was written by German songwriter Dieter Bolin. Dieter. Dieter. That's such a German name. It is. And then we go from a song that was never performed live to a song that got performed live forever. A whole bunch of times. Let's work. Let's work. A single in January 1982. It dates back to the summer of 1979 when the Rebels, a precursor to the revolution, were recording, and it had the title Let's Rock after a dance fad at the time. Um, It became Let's Work because Warner Brothers declined to make it a quickie release to capitalize on the dance craze that was happening, and uh, when Prince had to revisit it later, instead of making it Let's Rock... Yep. Made it let's work. Yep. 
I also think this has some tricky tracking at the beginning because sure. I almost always felt like the one, two, three should be tracked at the end of Ronnie Talk to Russia. Oh, uh huh. And Let's Work really starts with the chant. Right. Let's work. But the way it's tracked, you get one, two, three, let's work, which uh-huh. sort of works. Sure. But I don't know. In my head, it just, it's not quite tracked right. Yeah. But they're not my songs and it's not my idea. Right. The original 1979 recording of this uh, was recorded at a studio near Boulder, Colorado that's now closed, but it has a delightful name. Mountain Ears Sound Studio. Oh. Mountaineers. Uh-huh. like. People yeah. climb, but it was mountain ears. ears yeah. for sound. Yeah, it's adorable. It is. Very cute. Yeah. So MC's Hammer song, Work This, in 1990, includes a line that says, let's work, as did 1990's Say It Loud by Rodney Owen, Joe Cooley. I, I don't know that you can really say that they sampled them or borrowed the lyrics from it. Surely huh. they'd heard let's work, but I don't know that... Prince was the only person to ever say, let's work. Sure. But there is a song called Let's F from 1992 by a band called Rated X. And it's the most obvious sort of sampling of let's work. They sample not only let's work heavily, but some vocals from lady cab driver as well oh, interesting so all these things i have not heard before not suitable for work but oh okay <laughs> but it is uh, you know kind of fun cool yeah cool not suitable for let's work <laughs> well regardless of who's covering it you have to point out at 17 seconds when the baseline kicks in it's one of prince's most recognizable princely funky bass lines period absolutely period um and his he's back to a falsetto delivery mm-hmm. that is just i want to say wailing but it's not it's just this uh he's so in control uh-huh. of this crazy song come take my hand don't try to understand. It's so Prince to just be like, just give in to my carnal desire. That's right. You'll Do, be you fine. You'll be fine. Don't you don't need to understand right now. It'll make sense later. That's a, he'd invite us to take his hand later on the opening track of Around the World in a Day when uh-huh. he would say, "Come on, take my hand. I'll show you. I think I know a better way." So he's very much into not pushing people along, but uh-huh. at least he wants to hold your hand and lead you there. That's right. So I give him credit for that. There's a little scream at a minute and nine seconds after he says, oh, baby, nothing can stop us now. I'm going to show you how with a little. Uh-huh. I don't know. He's like part dinosaur. It's the princessaurus <laughs> that shows up here. And it's so funny because he's notoriously a diligent worker and notorious for calling sex by creative names. Mm-hmm. Let's work. That's can mean 
any number of things yep. and probably means make music and do the dirty. That's right. Feast your eyes on my private joy. <laughs> um, the keyboard line um, at a minute and 21 seconds makes me think of I Feel For You a little bit, his mm-hmm. own version. It's got a little bit of retro. I realize this was 1981, but even sounds like a 70s kind of keyboard line to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's like a squeaky squeal in yep. it that's delightful. Lots of squeaky squeals. Yep. When he says, I'm going to show you how, and you get a little yeah in a non-falsetto voice in a minute and 58 seconds, it's just kind of this nice, he's like peppering or putting the polishing touches on Uh this song to make it sound like this party. There's so much fun vocal layering, particularly with the bass and the bridge. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's all kinds of what are now signature screeches and owls, like a, not owls, but owls. Uh-huh. O-W-W-W-W. <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes and 28 seconds, there's one. There's a little... Hey, yeah, ad lib at three minutes and 38 seconds. So there's just all these little highlights in the song. I mean, I think the only thing you could complain about is there's room for 15 minutes for controversy and do me, baby. And this song gets, you know, less than four minutes, Uh sadly. Yep. But it's just... Yeah, it's so much fun. And that's why he played it in concert. Oh, Because yeah. it's so much fun. Yeah. Everybody is, loves it. Yeah, it's a get the crowd moving kind of thing. That's right. And we kind of get a sloppy, purposefully sloppy roll uh-huh. right into Annie Christian. Yes. After Let's Work. Yes, this is believed to be one of the last times that Prince used a drum machine before discovering the Lynn. Right. They believe this is likely the Korg Mini Pops SR120. It definitely has a different sound. Yeah. It doesn't sound out of place on the album, especially with the kind of political pop culture recent history kind of Mm-hmm. message. That's right. Um, it's very interesting how he takes a song about the devil and kind of gender bends it. Mm-hmm. It's Annie Christian uses the pronouns she right. and declares herself the only son, yep. kind of trying to take the place of Jesus. The way Annie tells the story, she's his only son. And then uh, he kind of calls back to controversy with the mirroring of the wording of the Lord's Prayer, but her kingdom never comes, thy will be done. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so definitely we've got to defeat the devil. Right. How about the delivery? This, I think, is the first spoke-sung song by Uh Prince on a record. You know, it's not singing. There's no falsetto here. It's him almost just like poetry slamming a message at you Mm -hmm. here. 
Get other references to electric chair. If you try and say you're crazy, everybody say electric chair. Electric chair. That would surface later again mm-hmm. as a song on the Batman soundtrack. I'll live my life in taxi cabs. We get okay. Lady cab driver you, later on. Well, yes, but there's a reason I think maybe you don't know. Okay. So Annie Christian wanted to be a big star, so she moved to Atlanta and she bought a blue car. She killed black children. Yep. Fair is fair. Annie Christian wanted to be a big star, so she moved to Atlanta and she bought a blue So this is a direct reference to the Atlanta child murders that happened between 1979 and 1981. 28 black children and young adults were murdered. Right. A man was convicted of two, the two young adult murders and believed to be responsible for at least some of the other deaths. Yeah. And several of the victims were last seen getting into a blue car. Yep. I did know that only because it was buried at the bottom of the trivia section on Prince Vault. Okay. So I did see that. Okay. Yes. Um, And um, yes, the devil was at work inside of that blue car. Right. They also claim that the title character, Annie Christian, might have been from Annie Oakley. Oh, okay. A 19th century sharpshooter, an exhibition shooter. Yeah, and there's, you know, we get these really hard guitars that are really fitting for this. And then uh, the chorus spells out that Annie Christian is the Antichrist. True. In case you weren't clear clear about it. And that's why he, as a black youth himself, was going to absorb the cost of a taxi cab because getting a ride from somebody in a blue car was deadly. Dangerous. That's why he was living his life in taxi cabs, because he couldn't take a ride from a stranger. Gotcha. Yep. Makes sense. Um, And we know that Annie Christian is working through others, because he mentions the murder of John Lennon. And we know that that was Mark David Chapman, who shot him. She killed John Lennon. Shot him down cold. And that... Annie Christian also attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan, but we know that was John Hinckley Jr. She tried to kill Reagan. Everybody say gun control. Gun control. So this is not yeah. an actual person. This yeah. is a force of a evil yeah. working through mm-hmm. these people who are want to be murderers or are murderers. Yeah. You mentioned the John Lennon thing i did not know that when john lennon was murdered in new york on december 8th 1980 prince was in town and played a show the following night oh less than a mile and a half from where the murder occurred yeah so that may have left a stain on his soul yep he mentions abscam
lab scams, uh, an FBI operation that exposed bribery and corruption by some members of the U.S. Congress at this time. Yeah. So I read about that on Wikipedia, and then uh-huh. I, it's also on the F, on FBI.gov. Oh. There's a whole like historical cases or investigations, and there's an entire write-up on Abscam. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. Enormous. Yeah, where politicians were accepting bribes from fictitious Arabian business people in return uh-huh. for various political favors as giant sting. Yeah. And then we get some really great guitars oh, and then yeah. more unsettling synthesizers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and hand claps and yeah. distortion. And then some kind of computery space sounds yeah. that really feel like a precursor to what we're going to hear in 1999. You took the notes right off my page. Oh, there we go. And then the final song. The final song with yeah. the first instance of the letter U. Now, it wasn't Ronnie Talk to Russia, the number two, but right. Jack You Off. Right. Got it done. Got it so done. So to speak. That's right. In 2006, a Swedish singer called Robin did a really delightful, sparse cover of this. It's super fun. Uh, Bobby Z gets a drum credit, right. and Lisa and Dr. Fink get keyboard credits, and Lisa gets a background vocal credit yeah you can hear a female voice singing along with mm-hmm. him yes. that is lisa yes so i guess if you were confused or worried that prince was going to turn into this serious activist <laughs> he's going to leave you with a song that um, settles the nerves that, that's right now he's he's moving on from his private joy into a uh, more pu- public joy that's right it's less self-inflicted and more uh-huh. more sharing that's right. We get a, it's such a funkabilly number. It is very funkabilly. It is very much, the, again, a precursor to what was coming on the 1999 album where we have songs from there that are very funkabilly. And this is kind of in that same vein. Yeah, especially on the uh, the unreleased tracks from 1999 that are on the Super Deluxe Edition. Right. This sounds like it fits in with those a lot. Right. And a lot of those songs resurfaced in Graffiti Bridge, which right. we just finished covering. Right. Yeah, it starts all innocent. Uh, day to the movies. Sure. Uh, but three lines in, it shows it's not so innocent. Sitting in the back... I'll jack you off. Okay. And I think that that's really very much a, this has a very 1950s sort of sound and has, starts off with almost innocent sort of date fun and which belies the dirtier date fun that was actually going on in the 50s. We have often an idyllic sort of version, or at least they did in the early 1980s, an idyllic version of how it was in the 50s. But silver screen. Teenagers were doing it in the 50s, just like they're doing it in the 80s. Even him calling it, you want to go to a movie show, take you to a movie show, has that kind of idyllic theater, big screen appeal to it. Yes. But it's, yeah, anywhere on the date, the movies. Uh huh. A restaurant. That's right. Uh-huh. 
got a boyfriend, not a deal breaker. We'll just go to my place. Doesn't matter. That's right. Nothing will get in the way. Yep, he's willing to take the place of the vibrator. Right. Um, and then there's this the really simple chorus that again I thought had this kind of Rocky Horror Picture Show vibe to it. Uh huh. Oh, it does. That's right. Do, 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 do. Do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. It's got very much a musical sort of Yeah, this beboppy uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yep. sing songy, got a smile on your face, and then you realize, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's dirty. It is dirty. Oh dear. Yeah. This would be played live all the time during the Love Sexy Tour, and it was sped up to a point where it was like almost Hard to keep up with. Uh-huh. It was so fast. Yeah. Why would he do such a thing? Only for a worthy cause, he says, uh-huh. which includes virginity or menopause. That's right. He's not picky about his partner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> From young to old, and I just love that worthy cause is rhymed with menopause. I thought that was <laughs> that was a great moment on this album to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and he's uh, not averse to reciprocation either. No. If you're good, I'll even let you steer. As a matter of fact, you can jack me off. That's right. And it comes to this kind of high-pitched we do get like a proper almost like a concert ending to sure. this album yes. on the song which i really enjoy because so many albums and songs just like you don't you ran out of things to figure out how to end a song so uh-huh. it fades out here it's like yeah. planned here's get, the this end. is the this outro flourish. screaming flourish crescendo and then the song and album is over yep very fun yeah so i was um excited for you to listen to this i don't think you had ever i know you had heard most of these songs before but um oh no i'd heard check you off before no, I mean the entire album, oh, not just no, that song. Oh, no, not before. Longo. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the whole album. The experience. That's right, from That's start right. to finish. Uh, because we do not discuss this uh, music that we cover until we sit down to record the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's right. Or very cursory in passing. Yeah. Did you know that Anna Fantastic had a Ronnie Talk to Russia? And you kind of rolled your eyes and <laughs> said no. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, now that we've talked about all of the songs on the album, we are ready to make our selections. We choose three things, a time capsule, something that exemplifies the material at which the time it was recorded or when it was released, the sea, the low point, and the mountain, the high point. So we each make a selection and I go first. 
So the time capsule for me was Annie Christian because of all of the contemporary references to that particular time period. It was so specific about the Atlanta child murders, about the attempted assassination of Ronald Reagan, the successful assassination of John Lennon. All of those things really point to that particular time in history. So that is my time capsule. For sure. So I went with Similar, uh-huh. um, but more so the sound, not so much the stories and the messaging, but the sound of like the title track, those driving drums, the evolution of a sound from Dirty Mind, the first two seconds of controversy. You know what it is. Right. It's like, you know, it's like, don't worry. Oh, it's 1999. Like controversy has that same appeal and it's overshadowed by his next two albums, which made him a superstar. Mm-hmm. But there were so many moments on controversy that, you know, laid the groundwork for that type of sound and those kinds of hooks. So it's sort of dumb to say, oh, the sound of the album is a time capsule, but because of where this is in his catalog, that's where I landed in there, oh. my selections, and you can't stop me. That's from right. Them. All right. The C. Um, for me, just because it's the song I'll probably revisit the least, is Ronnie Talk to Russia. Uh, I didn't dislike any of these songs. so Sure. Uh, I'm actually the same way and the same song. Oh, just okay. because it was, it's the shortest song. It's the easiest to throw away. It has a sing-songy nature to it, sure. which is it works for the short period of time that it's there. But um, I mean, as far as C goes, there are far sadder moments on Prince albums in terms of, wow, that really should have been on here. <laughs> and this is not that kind of song at all to me. It just happens to be the point on this album that is the low point for me. Sure. Yeah. All right. And then the mountain for me, it was the title track controversy Ooh. because it was Prince's career in a word it doesn't Mm -hmm. sound old but classic it's still funky relatable fun good call very Very good call for me i narrowed it down to private joy and let's work they're my two favorite songs from here but let's work edged Mm -hmm. it out and that was just for the baseline alone but i do love listening to private joy on headphones Uh and there's so much fun left stereo action happening and the way he sings it is so fun but Let's Work is just undeniable. His first, like, concert, almost sort of family-friendly, you know, uh-huh. even though it's about sex. Right. But um, if you... It's not explicit. Right. Um, and he would revisit it so many times later on. It would just become, like, a, a Prince staple. So it got my voice, my, my vote for the mountain. Excellent. Excellent. What are we going to talk about next time? Uh, next time, we've got a video for Controversy to take a look at. We do have a long version, a dance mix of Let's Work. Mm-hmm. We've got a handful of unreleased songs, all of which happen to be ballads. Broken, oh. She's Just a Baby, and the demo of Doomy Baby that we mentioned earlier. So we'll cover that next time. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us that we don't just come on the radio and we really appreciate it. Tell a purple friend. If you have any purple friends who don't yet know about us, do share us. And until next time, happy purple listening, friends. Thanks for listening. This has one of Prince's most princely. Not done. I've got other things to talk about first.